when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Oh no, Kato, I've never done this part. How the turns of table. Uh, what's good, internet? It's the 28th of September, <laughs> and you're listening to Waypoint Radio episode 430. I'm your host, Rob Zachney, and I'm joined by Patrick Klepek, uh, our producer, Ricardo uh, Contreras. Hi, hi, Kato. Say hi. Uh, hi. Um, um, yeah, I, okay. <laughs> hi, Rob. I didn't... Rob, you're sounding uh, a little, uh, uh, a little nasally, a little in your. Hey, Kato. What is that? (laughs) Um, I'm your host, Rob Zachney. Oscar Um, the Grouch is here. (laughs) It's it's not Zachney. It's it's Zachney. Sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, busting out my intro. I I got checked on that the last time. (laughs) That's that's true. That's true. Uh, Today we are. Uh, 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 delighted to be joined uh, by two uh, special guests. Um, as you just heard, uh, freelancer and now apparently frequent Waypoint Radio guest, uh, <laughs> Moises Tavares. Thanks for thanks for coming back, Moises. Thank you for having me back. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Uh, it's a shame that uh, Zatsny isn't here with us, but uh, he's here in spirit. We finally fi- finally found a way to get him off the goddamn podcast, and it was, hey, we're gonna t- we're gonna talk about this sappy emotional uh, video game series, Life is Strange, if, and and Rob ran as far as he could in the other uh, direction. Um, if it's not a four X game, he's not about it. <laughs> but but to to join me in uh, discussing this uh, very sappy series that I, I love very very much uh, is also uh, fanbyte featured contributor and. Constant Final Fantasy fourteen tweeter, uh, Natalie Flores. Thank you for joining Hi. us, Hi. I personally I love having Rob here. We have a full Hispanic Heritage Month pod, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> no white people, just all Latinx people. I will I will just uh I will just go on mute for fifteen minutes. Um <laughs> everyone can have their moment and uh I will I'll, I will come join you so you can have uh <laughs> you can you can have your celebration. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh man! Excited to be here. Uh, we've been trying to make a podcast happen for a while now, and it feels right that the game that we talk about together finally is Life is Strange. Yeah, I think we we talked about doing one for Thirteen Sentinels, um, and then I feel like there was another one. Near 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 had bubbled up, and then this one. Even though I saw that you have. Recorded completely separately, another Life is Strange True Colors spoiler cast uh, for for Fanbyte. I was like, you know what? No, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the reins. This is my time to shine. And I know that if there's anyone who will have no problem talking for another <laughs> hour and change about a Life Listen, is Strange game, I will back you up. You can say the most like ridiculous defense of Life is Strange, and I'll be like, yes. Oh my God, Patrick, you're so, <laughs> so right. True like, so true, bestie. So true, bestie. Yeah, it's true. We do stand a living gaming legend. Um, 
But before we get to our, our spoiler cast of, of True Colors, I would be uh, remiss if I did not acknowledge the grave psychic violence that was has waged against the Internet oh um, uh, since we <laughs> since we last recorded. Uh, we're not going to do a break by uh, break uh, uh, sort of like a BBB breakdown of the uh, the most recent Nintendo Direct, although we also do stand a queen in Bayonetta. Um, we are we are happy for her return. Um, delighted at the wink that she gave into the camera. So I'm very happy uh, that, that she's back and also just how delighted how many people are excited she's back. But uh, the thing that really has gotten everyone just <laughs> in a real tizzy, I'm going to read all these names. Um, this is the voice cast for the December 2020, uh, I guess currently still untitled, uh, or is it called Super Mario? Uh, a movie that is uh, being made in collaboration with uh, Illumination, the anime. Okay, uh, yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you, Kato. Uh, I recognize uh, your your deep sigh. Um, uh, for the movie in collaboration with Illumination, they've done. I'm deeply familiar with the Illumination lineup of films. Uh, with a with a five year old, they do the Despicable Me movies, uh, the Minions movies, Sing, underrated, decent soundtrack, Secret Life of Pets, a bunch of popular kids films. Um, anyway, drum roll, please. The the lineup for uh, this film is Chris Pratt as Mario, Anya Taylor-Joy as Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Fran Armisen as Cranky Kong, Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek, Sebastian uh, Manilasco as Spike, and surprise cameos from Charles Marinette. Um I honestly felt the psychic damage hit me every time he said a name. <laughs> <laughs> Moises, like, Moises that really happens. Hand. I felt it. <laughs> Moises had his hand over his face as I finished reading off that bullet point list as though, uh, I, Moises, where are you at? How are, are you okay? What, um, how do you react so to this it, list? So it was actually so bad yesterday <laughs> that I, I think I actually blacked out. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't actually realize half the people that were casting that were casting that until you just read it off right now. I completely <laughs> missed Kamex casting. Um and I completely missed Fred Armisen being cast as Cranky Kong. Yeah. So it's actually it's hitting me as a second wave right now, and it's also like a more intense wave. Um I hate every bit of this. I think the only <laughs> one that kind of made sense was Anya Taylor Joy as Peach. Sure. I think it's the only one that, like, in general, everybody's kind of like, yeah, sure. Everyone you know, likes whatever. her. Uh, like, no, yeah, she's she's decent. <laughs> A currently we, unproblematic we love, fave. We we still like Anya Taylor Joy. <laughs> yeah, we love uh we love Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, noted uh POC. I was um, gonna say happy Hispanic Heritage Month. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she's like constantly having to be out there, being like, "Please stop giving me uh, giving me awards. I am extremely white passing. I stop." Please stop calling me a person of color. <laughs> so I don't know if she's actually come forth and and she has said she ha- that like, as m- yeah, oh, she has. Okay, yeah, she good. has a couple I'm of times. To be like, please, please stop. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It's uh. I mean, it's violence is is the best <laughs> way to put it. It's uh. It's anti-Italian to to uh, to an to a degree that I've never never seen before um i i i don't i don't it makes me so mad italians (laughs) i just i don't get it i don't get it um 
I think, you know, I think it's, it's worth it's worth it's worth like framing as again, like I said, as someone that has watched a lot of the Illumination filmography. In fact, at one point paid because it was on sale on iTunes. It was like I'm just not going to deal with the cycle of what's on Netflix um, of these movies mm-hmm. that I can watch, and I'm just going to pay fifty dollars for six of these that were on sale. Uh, more than any other animation studio, like the thing that Illumination is like concerned about is like uh, packaging their IP with huge, very easy palatable names. Like that is just what they do. Like Sing, which is like their animals who are singing uh, a movie they put on a sing a singing competition. It's all just like Scarlett Johansson and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. It's like not even not even all that concerned. Can these people sing? Who cares? We can figure out that part later. Like that's what the <laughs> studio is for. It is they love to put a poster that has like some characters on it and then a bunch of names in enormous fonts. Um, and it's like, none of this was shocking to me because Chris Pratt as like unlikable and homophobic as, as he is like fits in that category of, well, people like that Marvel movie. Um, and Chris Pratt's people that like goofy. Like a movie? Yeah. He's the goofy white guy. Put him in there as Mario. So I see, I see how they arrive at this conclusion to make it a success, but it also is just so, Delightfully engineered to anger people. Didn't he just recently get canceled over some shit? Literally. Yeah, and then his celebrity friends came out to defend his Mm -hmm. honor. I'm surprised Mm -hmm. they're not out here already. (laughs) Yeah, he also, I want to say. even all about, yeah. He also didn't, I want to say, I might be misspeaking here. His brother was like in some really questionable like Instagram posts where like was associated with the far right. I think that was, I think that was also Chris Pratt. I could be, I could oh be God. mixing up my semi canceled celebrities, but I, th- I think the that thing, might also be him. Yeah. No, the thing I remember was just like, he attended a church that is like openly homophobic. Like, yeah, really. Yeah. Out yeah doesn't he go to like Hillsong? Yeah. Something it's, like that. Yeah. I forget like exactly a, which yeah, one. It's like a prominent, it's not like Westboro Baptist church prominent, but like it's right. It's one of those. It's big, getting, it's uh, getting there. Homophobic. <laughs> yeah. Name brand churches. Right. You know, it's, it's a place where Joel Austin would definitely like show up on like a <laughs> fucking book tour or something. But. God damn. <laughs> uh, and it was, it was funny watching the reaction videos to this both on social media and just people who were streaming because I think a lot of people did what you did Moises, which was like the Chris Pratt did such psychic damage to people's brains that they were like incapable of then having like semi joyous or confused reactions to like Charlie days, Luigi or Jack black as Bowser, which seem like, like goofy enough. Like those seem like fun off kilter choices for a movie that is probably just going to be, what if Jumanji, but um, they fell into a Mario game? I don't know if that's what the premise is, but I can see that as being the convenient God. explanation for why they're all talking in normal voices. I mean, that fair. Like, I don't know that I want to hear Charles Marinette do his Mario voice in like normal sentences and paragraphs <laughs> for like two hours. I, uh, you know, yeah. he's done a great job God. as Mario for like, 20 years of- or whatever. Can you imagine listening to that voice yeah. doing it? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 there's a reason he doesn't actually speak in in, in those games because I think that would be kind of grating. Um, but I don't know that Chris Pratt would have necessarily been uh, my my first choice to resolve that tension. God. Did you did you see the video of Chris Pratt? I think this morning 
I have not. I refuse. I refuse. He, he, I think he, I think he probably posted it on like his Instagram, um, where he was just formally announcing from like himself, like, yeah, I'm Mario. Um, he didn't do a, he, it's a me. He didn't, he didn't he, take, he the, did, he did do it. It's a me, okay, Mario, right. but like he kind of put like a slight accent on it. And then he clarified like, oh no, this isn't the, this isn't the voice, by the way, we've been working on the voice, uh, but none what does of, that mean? Like, what is working none of on even the, the slight mean? inflection on it gave me He's any not even he doesn't do he doesn't do accents right like chris pratt is chris like, was pratt. so like so perfectly like uh, <laughs> you know cast is like a star lord character in guardians of the galaxy because he didn't have to do much he just you know just okay just be goofy and charming and like let the script do the work for you he's not a good actor like he and so when he <laughs> says he's working on the voice I want to know what that fucking mm. means. Like, what do you, did you record a whole version with an Italian accent? And then somebody at Nintendo was like, Hey, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe we need to re-record this one. Cause I, I wonder if his voice is going to be the equivalent of the Sonic thing of like, finally, like when we actually hear it, if he goes for some sort of Italian bullshit, uh, it is, it is going to be the kind of thing where, where pe- people get up in arms. Oh, uh. Honestly, I was away from the computer at the time, so I thought that Nintendo was just being very charitous and, like, highlighting a fan-made casting, like, those that (laughs) pop up on Tumblr, and they're being very generous about it, and I was like, wait, y'all are serious? Miyamoto was on his Tumblr account, saw this fan cast, was like, look, no guarantees, but uh, this is pretty cute. Um, And it's funny, because I guess people found that uh, Bill Trinan who is, he's the guy who was always up there alongside Miyamoto doing a lot of the kind of like real-time translation um, when Miyamoto's speaking and has been a, a, he's a pretty public face of Nintendo. I guess like four years ago, he had a tweet at Chris Pratt that said, Miyamoto really enjoyed meeting with you. He's a big fan of Guardians. It's like, so I guess this is, I guess maybe, you know. Oh my God. We all love Miyamoto, but you know what? Maybe he's just like a big (laughs) MCU fan and was like, you know, Miyamoto is- <laughs> they heard they had they had lined up Larry King after hearing him do Sonic <laughs> during that one interview. You know, it's like, oh, he'd be perfect for Mario. That's a Mario voice, not a Sonic voice, actually. Unfortunately, rest in peace, Larry King. They had to get someone on short notice. <laughs> Could they DM Miyamoto DM'd Chris Pratt on Instagram? It was yeah. like, hey. Hey. Could you, you go into your recording choice, closet? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm deeply curious. My guess is the movie will end up being inoffensively entertaining, but it'll what, probably the, the, be fine. It'll be, it'll be fine, but it'll the, sell. that's what yeah, matters. But the journey there, the internet's going to go on it together. And like, that's what I'm excited for. Like the movie is whatever. Um, but like the, the, if this reaction to the film, can you even fathom when like the teaser trailer drops at E3, like <laughs> it is going to be just so much good shit posting. I've never seen the internet so collectively dunk in the way they did on Pratt. It was like a lot of harmonious communities and not necessarily on the same page, all hand in hand being, let's do this. T- let's do this together. Um, and I've, I've really enjoyed so it. So many Chris Pratt I- memes on the timeline. <laughs> they never get old. I will say. I will say the one good that came out of yesterday was absolutely um, a video that was a it was it was with Michael Keegan Key um, in the the teacher sketch oh, uh, yeah. on uh, mm-hmm. 
on fucking Key and Peel where he's mispronouncing the kids' names. <laughs> And it's it's Toad, it's Toad's voice going Aaron, but I'm I'm not gonna do the voice at all because I can't do the Toad voice. Oh man, you should though. <laughs> you can't uh, you can't pull out a little like Tad, you know. We're gonna have to call Danielle. <laughs> yeah, uh, there we go. There we go. There we go. Thank you. Thank She's you. She's so good at it. Oh my god. She goodness. is. She is. Um. That's uh, boys. That that's that's excellent. I'm gonna. Have, you're gonna have to link that. I will. Round. I will that absolutely is, uh, find that and forward it to you all. Um. But we'll we will. Well, that that has been our Mario movie minute. Uh. We'll we'll revisit that. I'm sure, sure many times. Um. In the in the weeks and months ahead, I guess because that's what coming out December, 2022. Um. I guess they God, decided to pick a date that was like, year. hey. Uh. <laughs> a whole a whole year of internet shit posting <laughs> and a whole year for them to convince themselves. COVID will not be a problem for the, the Mario movie next December. Just push it as, as far away as you can. Um, but uh, I guess uh, we'll just uh, here, we'll, we'll take an early break because when we come back, we are going to do a uh, Life is Strange True Colors spoiler cast. We're going to spoil all the games from top to bottom. I'm just going to straight up uh, like just pull the mandate and we're going to be able to talk about one Life is Strange 2 Before the Storm True Colors. So if you're unfamiliar with any of those, just know, you know, going going in that we're going to Pull, pull from all those baskets um, as we talk about the, the latest entry um, in, in the series. So we will be right back. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now we're back, and now finally, I'm in my safe space. I'm among, among fellow travelers of life's <laughs> strange. Empaths. I can, I can, I can, I can finally stop dancing around it the way I do with Austin and Rob and Kato. You like these games too. We're on the same. Yeah. We're on the same yeah. page. But um, it's funny. I, I, I want to maybe start with a uh, this uh, quote from our actually from our DMs, uh, Natalie, in which uh, when I proposed doing the spoiler cast, you had told me, um, uh, quote, I would like to let the critic leave my body and cry over Life is Strange with Patrick, who also <laughs> lets the critic in him leave his body when he talks about it. And the, and the, re- and the reason I wanted to, to open with that is because this is something I did talk about in, in our discussions of True Colors on Waypoint Radio, when I was like doing my first impressions of it, in which... I found myself having difficulty articulating it because when I come on like our podcast or I'm like writing an article, I find myself trying to force myself into a different mode than how I actually experience this series, which is completely irrationally in which I come up with wild justifications for all sorts of problematic elements of it um, because I found myself so swept up in the world, the characters, the aesthetic, all of it just like 
speaks to me in a way that just pretty much no other game gets me. I don't really find myself swept up in video games specifically all that often in this way. And I don't know if that's a factor of my age or just how storytelling hits me in different mediums, but Life is Strange fucking does it to me every single time in different ways. And so I was just curious, um, Natalie, to like, I don't know, like throw it over to you on like, why why do you think we read these games this way? Why why do you react to these games this way where we we find our critic self, our analytical self having to be, ha- having this tension with sort of like the stan or the fan in us that just wants to get you swept up in the bullshit that we love about these games. God. Um, so you introduced me as a serial Final Fantasy 14 tweeter, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that really encapsulates sort of the way that I treat my two favorite series, because it's probably Final Fantasy and Life is Strange. And it's like with Final Fantasy, they're like 20 something entries. You tell me something negative about even my favorite one. And I'm like, yeah, that's like so true. Like, I totally get that. (laughs) And then you say maybe like, oh, Victoria Chase in Life is Strange 1, her go fuck your selfie line was like cringe. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like that line was so genuinely good and clever. (laughs) So it's like. It was very Victoria. So maybe you should shut the fuck up. It was so good. Okay. And so it's like. You can, I will respect any criticisms of Life is Strange because, like, it earns them. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying it does it. it. It truly does. But I'm just also saying that I and my, I have an arsenal here and the arsenal is just filled with, like, Life is Strange defense arguments. <laughs> and I can come up with one God. for literally any situation. Like, you, you, even the most minor detail, I'll be like, oh, I mean, that's understandable, but... <laughs> I can defend that. Um, and I don't, I don't know what it, what does it for me? Um, I, I love reading young adult books. So like that's sort of like one of my escapes. I just like love going into fantasy world and the supernatural and all that. But that doesn't really explain the charm of Life is Strange or why it, just like through its faults, it's it's so it's so endearing, and I think I have a soft spot for endearing games, and that's that's a hard thing to quantify, especially when games are made by like hundreds of people and they're like capitalist products and whatnot. But there's something about Life is Strange that is is just inherently earnest, and I, I TLDR I can't explain it. No, I, I'm the same way, and I think it's you know I, I have this essay I've been finishing up to write about um, the end of True Colors, which we can get into. And I can, you know, you and I have talked about that, how I felt I fucked up the second to last choice and then tried to rectify it with the, with the final one. But um, I think part of it is that it's earnest, but the characters frequently are deeply flawed and there's always messy endings. And so even though it's a series in which empathy is a core tenet from the start, um, in which it's about like understanding the interiority of others and trying to understand like how lots of people are like worthy of grace and understanding, even if, you know, they are portrayed on the surface as, as monsters or, or jerks or or what have you. Um, and I don't know, like there's something about that that runs kind of concurrent with how we talk about quote unquote wholesome games, like games that are like kind of fuzzy and happy and make you feel good. And 
I find the way people talk about games like that, I find that's what that's what I actually get from Life is Strange because the messiness is part of the appeal. Like the fact that all the characters kind of come from different kind of you know, messed up or different uh, or complicated backgrounds um, and things don't end the way you want, but still feel like, well, life goes on and they they found a way to to keep doing it. That's that's like the best I can articulate how I end up in the same uh, place as you. But then it's also just as simple as like, yeah, show me that, show me that, that mountain with that stuff in Stevens. Yeah. The soundtrack. Oh yeah. Just, I don't don't know if that's a cover. I don't, I don't even care. Like it's the same shit. Um, um, but it's like, oh my God, I'm bisexual and suddenly I love indie music. Like, yeah, this music gets me so much. I only listen to like K-pop or something. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yes. This is so me. Like suddenly Natalie is going to a cafe to listen to a guy play on an acoustic guitar and be like, yes, actually this is my aesthetic too um uh, moises you also uh reviewed uh true colors for paste right and so i don't know take us where where what is your life is strange journey like are you in the same bucket as as natalie and i or, or or somewhere different um i'm not too far removed from where you guys are um i think i am maybe a little harder on the game and the series as a whole, um, but I—I I mean, I've—I've—I've I've always loved them. I—I uh, I, I played through the first one, like after it all came out. Um, I got a workaround that, like—like uh, like there was an Amazon glitch where, like, I got like before the storm for like five dollars instead of like <laughs> thirty yeah. or whatever there you had you to pay for it. So shout out to Wario sixty four for getting me that back in the day. <laughs> Um, uh, and, and I played through two like a while. Actually, I mostly played two because of Natalie's coverage of two. Over at Um, Pace when I was an intern. Exactly. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I've, I've generally loved the series. Um, it's, I, I think, I think what you were getting at about how it's, it's messiness is kind of like it's what's endearing about it is is probably what makes it work for me on occasion i think i think i can be critical of it and also understand that like even if its portrayals are like kind of bordering on cartoonish in places um like i i am not that far removed from being like those messy like dumb kids I was not in the exact same situations, but like I, I, I talked to people who were in similar situations, like just a few years ago, um, and and so like it, it kind of wins me over in in that sense. Um, that being said, like it's. I think, and I, and I got at this in my true colors review. Like I, I do think like it's a little, it's, it's, it's kind of bordering on formulaic now. Um, and, and I think that's just part of the, like what they're, what they're getting at. Like the nostalgia is very formulaically formed, you know, like they know the elements that will pull that out of an audience. Um, and I kind of just wonder, like, where it goes from there. Uh, 
I'm I'm still like along for the ride. The, the like I I still like loved True Colors, even if I found it like very familiar. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm I'm generally at with Life is Strange as a whole. I'm really interested in seeing how that criticism holds up with the next game because I I read your review. It's wonderful, um, and I think you're right. Excuses. Um, but I'm, and this is not me. This is whipping out the arsenal of defense arguments for life is strange. Um, but I, I do wonder how that criticism will hold up for this for the next entry if we get another entry, which I hopefully imagine that we well, do. We, we better. Um, we'll just demand we, it. We yeah. better. We'll demand Absolutely it. Patrick and I will to, yeah. be outside their doors because um, I think this life is strange had the particular task of so don't nod entertainment made life strange the original one and made uh the awesome adventures of captain spirit and life is strange 2 um and deck nine games which made true colors it only made before the storm before this so i think the formulaic sort of aspect of this game was almost necessary because if it deviated too much from what Life is Strange is, then I think people would have come to the conclusion that Deck Nine can't really handle the mainline entries going forward. And so I think you're definitely right in that it plays it safe. I think they had to play it safe in some ways because they have to reassure people it's it, this wasn't just for a lot of the community and just for people in general i think this wasn't an individual life is strange game this was also it had the burden and the duty of saying hey this is the future of life is strange going forward a new future and we have to make sure that's a reassuring one for the people that really care about the series and i think on that level it's like a really rousing success um i've you know like a lot of quibbles about like its pacing and i know you wrote about that a lot in 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 your review uh natalie um but if it's just like hey like we can go build our own little corner of this universe come up with characters that feel like they slot right in alongside the characters you fell in love with in previous entries um and then we'll figure out all the other stuff later once we've earned your trust like if that's if that's where they end up going with this, that's really exciting. Cause like you get to the end of true colors and it's like, yeah, like I love all of these characters and would love to spend more time in this world. But also part of what I like about this is that hopefully they stick with the anthology format and just kind of move on to a new story. And maybe we get character side characters that show up and wave and become more important than they were in a different, uh, you know, a different entry in the series. But I think for just deck nine, it's kind of establishing like, hey, we can do this too, and not just doing uh before. The, which I think before the storm is like an underrated entry in 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 all of them. Like, I don't think there's like in all of life and strange. I don't think there's one that's like particularly bad. Like even before the storm, no. if it feels weaker because it's a it's a prequel and it's kind of burdened by what occurs later in life is strange. I still think it has really strong writing and made me very excited to see what deck nine would do with more freedom to kind of like try and build their own. Um, little corner of this of this universe, and I I think that like they knocked it out of the park, and and also like it, c- could we you know I also then dream of a world. It's like all right, well somehow they man like Life is Strange one managed to be big enough that Square thought, hey, we should build a side studio so we can make more of these faster. But then God, don't nod got successful enough. They're like, peace out, we're gonna go take this investment money and build a bunch of different games on our own. Like, is there a world where 
rather than I know, you know, I think we're going to get another Life is Strange. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, preach. That's not reporting. That's just, I feel <laughs> like this is a pillar game for Square and they're just, they're going to keep making these. Um, but, you know, Don't Nod is probably not going to just throw out everything that they learned from this style of game. And so if that means like every two years we're getting like a brand new Don't Nod, Life is Strange-ish, but called something else. And then Deck Nine responds with something else two years later. Like that's that's like a really exciting future. And I think actually better than like seeing Deck Nine and Don't Nod riff off one another but that uh, Deck Nine having to like feel beholden to whatever Don't Nod's like canon of of the world is. So um, I, I agree that it's safe and feels like it's very much treading over a lot of the same steps of the first game um, and, and the same a lot of the same dynamics. Um, but I don't. It, it worked for me. And also that's also the word. That's also the problem is like, well, shit. If they just did it, just do the formula again. You know what I would be ready for? Like just doing the formula again. Yeah. And I'd yeah. probably yeah. be fine with it. Like, I, I really had no problem with doing the same steps. It, it just, like, it struck me by the end, like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. I've kind of been here. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think, like, we're all kind of suckers for it, which which leans into, like, what, what we were talking about when we first talked about it, like, last week, um, about how, like, you kind of, when when you play, like, a Life is Strange game, you kind of, like surrender yourself over to the fact that this game's going to kind of emotionally manipulate me um mm-hmm. like it, it's absolutely going to pull on these heartstrings and and like you you know that like with the with the media that like you love you know and that you cling to like your comfort movies or your comfort shows like you know that they will do that to to you like i i i don't watch like 500 days of summer right like on repeat uh thinking that like the the one scene of like the reality versus the expectations isn't going to kind of hit me because no it hit me it hit me when i was like 11 in 2009 <laughs> and it is still hitting me now at almost 25 like i i know it like i keep coming back to it for like a reason and so i think whether or not like it changes we will we will probably check back in and i don't think that that's necessarily a harmful thing um like yeah we we all have things that we cling to it's not bad to cling to it so long as like it, because media just resonates with you like that um and life is strange in particular stands out in like a field where i don't know the stuff that like people kind of cling to our big triple a like blockbuster ish things and like we we can we can have our like soft indie movie you know we can have like our 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 indie soundtrack and our 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 i don't know like our our queer young adults that that like provide like this this sort of nostalgic comfort like i i think that's i think that's ultimately fine and i think obviously that resonates with like an like an audience that doesn't see that much you know like life is strange 2 definitely resonated with hispanic people who never see themselves there you know um life is strange in general has resonated with queer people who you know, like have, I, I mean, I know for a lot of people that like Max feels kind of like queer bait-ish because she, she almost doesn't feel like canonically queer, but I know that like a lot of people use that space 
or have used that space to like sort out their own feelings about how, how like whether or not they're queer. Um, and so if this is going to be that comfortable, safe space for people to feel that out and to figure themselves out, I say like we, you know, let, let's, let's run it back. Let's keep doing this like every, <laughs> every two years. Like you say, let's like hit me with it. That's fine. Right. And it's a safe space that like, you don't see the shit that Life is Strange does in a lot of other games. Like Patrick, you mentioned the conversation between Karen and Sean in mm-hmm. Life is Strange 2 in the hotel and all those conversations that happened throughout episode four and episode five between the two. Like, you don't see that anywhere else. I can't I can't think of a game where I saw such a frank parent and, and damaged parent-child relationship. And where especially especially the, this series, I think, stands out as a series that highlights different forms of motherhood really well really well. And with Karen in particular, like I can't think of a mother character, at least in games, that is like, yeah, I fucked up. I made my choices and I've come to terms with them. And I know that I can't make up for that harm and damage. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna try anyway now that I can, now that I'm in a position where I can. And that, the complexity of that character and just life is strange too in general. I think like, you don't, see that very often at all and no, it's just no, and you can find it here only really you know and that's like one of the things that i found really interesting between life is strange 2 and true colors is like they in life is strange 2 you have a situation where you have a you know a son who is, is feels he was abandoned by his mother and gets a, gets an opportunity to like vent their rage their sadness their sorrow but to also hear the mother explained why she made the choice that she did and that she doesn't regret it, but she does have her reasons. And that's rare to see that portrayed in which uh, parents expressing <clears throat> regret over their choices to become a parent is usually seen as media as just you're a monster or it's just not expressed at all because to express the idea itself would be monstrous. <laughs> you know, like in the piece that I'm I'm in the middle of writing, it's like, look, I love my kids. Frequently, I don't like them, though. Um, and like that, you know. It's because they could be little monsters. Like, I'm still going to go to the ends of the earth with them. I still look at Karen and be like, what you did was monstrous. I don't think, I, I can't imagine doing that. But she has her reasons. And she's she is presented as a full person. And in True Colors, you actually, you know, you have similar dynamics in which, uh, you know, Alex's father, uh, John, like, leaves after the mother dies of cancer. You've got a really cantankerous teenage Gabe that is not helping the situation uh, by being constantly in conflict um, with the father. And then the father just kind of cracks at some point and leaves. And it's kind of an opposite situation to Karen in which there is no room for that like one-on-one resolution expressing of emotions. And yet they still give John, I I think in, in the context of using the supernatural powers to, to give him uh, something close to full personhood or explaining why they did what they did. It's maybe not as a satisfying an explanation as Karen saying, you know, very thoughtfully why they did what they did, but it still is a parent that left their family that is given, is allowed to explain a context for like why they did it that I think doesn't at least presents them as a fuller person than just 
well, they left and as thus they are no longer a person because they left their their family behind. And just like those sorts of complicated relationships are like just not. I think this is why Life is Strange fans like you and I, Natalie, like tend you tend to get overly defensive because it's like, yeah, but like I'm not getting this shit out of any other. I mean, you'll get it in indie games like go on itch you know like you can find this this more mm-hmm. uh this kind of storytelling happening in independent in spaces games, but in mainstream yeah. games no like with production values like this no we're like i can have the conversation and know that and this is no offense meant to like smaller games that i that i adore that are doing mm-hmm. uh, uh uh more interesting storytelling than a lot of bigger budget games but it's fun to like have an audience, a collective community and an audience talking about that stuff on the stage that Life is Strange is doing it. And so even as I acknowledge, you know, like uh, Shannon, the Washington Post, like peace, like kind of taking down a lot of like the way True Colors just like looks away from racism um, oh uh, that might occur in a small <laughs> Colorado town. Fully get it. Acknowledge. Um, uh, but it's, it's also just like, yeah, but uh, and like that's, time, that's frequently <laughs> what an inclusive town where I could be safely queer and like pine over the lesbian at the record store. And I'm safe in oh doing so. I was wondering when we were going to get to stuff. No, I before we move on, I, I think I think we've answered your first question after. Yes. Uh, 43 minutes in Yeah, don't total. worry about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we've answered your question, which is that the people in Life is Strange are allowed to be people. And if that was as easy of a thing as we assume it is to do when it comes to writing characters, we would see that so much elsewhere. Like I wrote in my review, like if it was easy to write a character like Alex Chen, a queer woman of color who like is allowed to be, you know, like very clearly mentally damaged in some ways, but also confident and flirty at some points, but also like when Ryan walks into the record store, she like her body language, like she tenses up, but she's also, she's allowed to be so many things and ultimately an empathetic person who's just doing her best after a really difficult life and upbringing. And like, I, I think that's, that's just it. It is such a simple, easy answer, but it's also not one that mainstream games arrive to very often if they did life is strange wouldn't stand out the way that it does especially to people like you and i um okay well i i guess uh okado do you have something Uh, i was just gonna say also like to to speak to that it's the 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 levels of nuance are varied too with these main characters like one of my favorite like small doesn't really come up that often when people talk about life is strange too but like Sean is canonically bi like he's still also a queer quick character and you're allowed to have that as part of like a character's like uh person and identity without it being the focus and still have that nuance be come through in certain parts of the game and like so much of game storytelling has to be kind of broad strokes because of the format it's usually in that if a character is um one of these things like gay or person of color it's usually the biggest part of them is gonna like be the loudest in their characterization but i just love that in this series uh it's given a kind of you know they've given enough space and nuance to be full yeah people like you were saying natalie right and we could get into like the issues with how they frame these things, which I think still persists a little in true colors when you can 
choose to say whether Alex is into girls or not, even though she's canonically bisexual. Um, I, but, I had a problem yeah, with that scene, yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's like, you don't see this. Like, you mentioned Moises, like, earlier, Max, like, yeah, she's the reason why I figured out that I'm queer. Like, if it wasn't for Max, I might have not done that, because I had never really, for some reason, whatever reason, it took a girl similar in personality to me playing as her that, you know, like at the time Life is Strange was really risky, like a non-sexualized teenage girl who is very mousy and nosy and doesn't have anything like really special going for her, like on the outside that like makes her stand out from everyone. Like that was and still is, I think, a risky thing. And so for me, it was like, oh, I needed to have that space that I couldn't have in real life to explore that I, I liked women as well. And like each Life is Strange game has been very serendipitous for me, like utterly life-changing. And that's like a very specific thing, but I, it's just a series with that potential in spades. I feel like that, that choice is, here's my defense of it. <laughs> I'm pulling out. The crowd cheers. Well, just like, <laughs> they codify her uh her her sexuality in her texts if you go through them a bunch of the mm-hmm. old texts that she has like there's obviously one where she made a pass at a girl and she, like the, the she the girl responded poorly but so with that codified that way i feel like the choice to leave it open how she responds in the moment kind of speaks to the way that sexuality can be fluid, the way that one month you might be like, you know what, I'm done with girls. <laughs> like, you know, I'm I'm not dating guys this month. I'm go- I'm last last time was no, I'm out. <laughs> you know, like so, like I, that's that's my kind of defense of that that moment is like it's it, it will your response to that question can change throughout your life even if you still identify as bisexual. Um, but yeah, we can right. <laughs> continue and to talk the about no the rest. Answer of the game. does leave room. Like she's like. Oh, I've only dated girls. I mean, I've only dated guys up until now. Um, so it, it does leave room, though. I, I guess with the series uh, sort of past, uh, you know, struggles, I think with, I think people see Max as player sexual a lot of the time. Like they right. just ignore that she's bisexual and they're like, Oh, she's a lesbian or, Oh, she's straight. And it's like, no, she, as awful as Warren is, he is still an option. Right. Um, and Sean has Cassidy and Finn, and as problematic as Finn is, he's still, still an, an option. option, and he's wonderful. My problematic Finn, right? You know, like, look, like, we all make mistakes. Huh. Uh, right. So I did appreciate that Alex is more explicitly, you know, it, it's. Like she's bisexual and that is a thing that they focused on in marketing. That is a thing that they've, you know, been open about. And I, I particularly love that Deck Nine's vision is so explicitly queer. I think Life is Strange before is the storm, for, like, queer. Yeah, but, before yeah. the storm surfaced that, like a lot, I remember that being one of the things that it seemed like they were talking about and saying like, hey, if you could view the original Life is Strange as, whoops, we kind of stumbled in. To a queer relationship, oops! Like, it's like, let's like, dial this up. Like, like that. I, I, I'm not. I, it, but, but it's it. I, I feel like the original Life is Strange treats it uh, way more early on as subtext or uh, yes. inference, 
and, and then but they were developing ending. those episodes as they went along. Uh, look, I, I'm not saying it was as they developed of, it, right? Like, right lot, because it was a really episodic still then. Like it, was it was really yeah. an episodic thing, and and so I think that also speaks to the messiness of like how they frame the ending of that game <laughs> and how they push the audience towards the non. They stay together ending because the alternative is like, well, like a bunch of people are going to die. How badly do you want to kiss this girl? It's and, a metaphor. Uh, so it's a metaphor uh, for leaving your like, old life behind. They're living happily ever after somewhere I else. Nobody died in real life. Seriously, Kato. I do not treat Life is Strange as a metaphor. Get the fuck out of this podcast. Um, and, and, I th- and I think that like you can see before the storm as being uh, Deck Nine looking at a lot of the uh, reaction from the community, the kind of communities that really get excited about Life is Strange, where you saw Don't Nod wrestling with the fandom in real time because they did not expect that level of intensity. And right. so the writing and the relationships are even messier as, as a result <laughs> of them figuring that out in real time. And I think before the storm, part of what I found like so encouraging about that studio and and what they were uh, working towards was like, oh, like they're going to forward this. Like this isn't, there's no illusions. Like, yeah, you're totally right, Kyle. They're like, how could you read Life is Strange differently? Like, I, I understand that reaction, but I think <laughs> people did. And right, I do think in many right. ways it was written that way. Um, and yeah, whereas before the storm- They were definitely allowed the room to- Yeah. Not yeah. misread it, but have those different interpretations. Yeah, before the storm just says, nah, 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 nah. Like, well, this is gonna, no, this is what we're doing. This is what people like about this series and we're going to lean into it. And they took, don't nod, took enough- cues from that that life is strange too i think does that even if it's not you know it's, it's forwarding other things it has right. a different story to tell um and i, and I think that it succeeds in, in that regard and whereas you can see with true colors they're like yeah remember before the storm like all that queerness stuff like yeah like that okay yeah that's just what we're doing in this one we're dialing the knob all the way to 11 <laughs> um and just forwarding that up front even if you know they make some mistakes along the way i you do i do think you can see them saying this is part of our value structure and this is what we want audiences to know what this game is about, you know, from from the go, as opposed to being like, we'll kind of figure it out um, um, along along the way. But I did want to, um, Moises, when we uh, I, I mentioned earlier about um, the the Washington Post review by uh, Shannon Lau, um, who liked the game, but was like pretty critical of the way the game, or just like it's you could read her review as a larger criticism of Life is Strange. Just like look at these spaces in which. We're going to choose very specific problems the characters are going to have, but those may not be representative of all of the problems these characters probably would or should have in the situations they're in. And that life is uh, true colors can seem as though, yes, you have, you know, uh, you know, a person of color, a queer woman at the center of it. But then they come to a town where none of none of those parts of her identity are result in any sort of uncomfortableness or negative consequences outside of how she is figuring out how she feels and what she wants to do. And so you kind of recoiled at, you know, at this, I was just curious if you could unpack a little bit, like how you felt about that framing or, or how this one presents it relative to the, to the other games. Um, so I think, I think this is a, this is a problem that like, even cause, cause this game is done by, by uh, deck nine, but don't not even sort of runs into the same problem um and 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 i am definitely not going to speak to to any of this with any expertise because i i am not a trans person but um there was a a review in uh the washington post for uh tell me why 
which I believe mm-hmm. was last year, that mm-hmm. also sort of engaged with the kind of like unreality of like Delos Crossing um, and like how Tyler kind of fits into that setting or kind of unrealistically does necessarily um, in in service of like being able to explore that character um the like town just feels the town and how they they react to tyler while it is welcoming and there are definitely stumbles that like characters take um it's 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 a softer and like more tender um realization of the place that i feel doesn't obviously but like realistically capture it um it's it's the reality that i think a lot of us hope for for marginalized people but like it's just not the reality of the situation um there's a whole like cut graph um not that my editor cut it but that i cut it (laughs) um from my true colors review that was kind of me being like the the poc police um i mean like Look, I really love Alex and Gabe and Charlotte, um, but also these characters—they're—they're they're not white passing, but they're treated like they are. Um, you know, like they—their their races um, are intrinsically tied to who they are, um, and I think. And I know that this is, this is, I mean, this is probably a thing that like really resonates with, uh, with me and Natalie, right? Like, um, our homes, right. Are often littered with like cultural touchstones, um, especially for like first generation folks. Like when you are somewhere that is not home, you make your home as close to it as possible. And so I think you see aspects of that in like the place that, alex eventually inherits from gabe um you see like the little shrine that she kind of erects for gabe over the fireplace um but i feel and and natalie i would love to hear what you think about this but i i feel like her being asian like her being a first generation asian american um is a thing that like the game doesn't engage with too much in like a really forward-facing way um and charlotte similarly is like not the only black person i'm in the town i i believe there's like one other npc who's oh, maybe the diner right moving, the guy isn't yeah the, the guy diner guy the diner. Who's, like, who's also new to town <laughs> the, um, the guy he wasn't giving no animator was assigned <laughs> to the diner um like it's so funny anytime you come across like this npc is just here to fill the world Sorry, we we didn't have time to get them to do anything other than just like wave their arms around like they're a wavy tube man at a at a at a gas station. Yeah, you can tell when they um, they post because they don't have uh, avatars on the My Block app. It's everyone else <laughs> with uh, the, the standard <laughs> yeah, avatar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Charlotte isn't the only she isn't the only black person in in town. Um, but she is like the most prominently black person in town um and i love the reality where like haven springs is a is like a genuine haven for people from all walks of life people who are queer people who are black people who are asian american 
Um, but it sort of sat uncomfortably with me that, you know, for a series that has been as unflinching as it has been in the past, especially about racism with Life is Strange 2, um, that, and, and I don't think, I, I was going to say that Deck Nine walked it back, but they didn't really walk it back so much as they kind of turned the other cheek towards that. And it wasn't the, it wasn't their focus. Um, so it, it, it sat uncomfortably with me, even though like, I am ultimately happy that these characters can exist without being these, these vessels to explore like stories of like how painful like it is to be like a marginalized person. Um, it just also felt unrealistic in a way that Life is Strange is often unrealistic. I think Life is Strange borders on cartoonish way too many times. I think <laughs> I think by the time Life is Strange 2 gets to, I think, the ending of the third episode and a bomb goes off or something oh, yeah, and you yeah, lose an eye. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. at that point, like, <laughs> it, it, it gets out of control. But generally, like, it is grounded in a reality of, like, this is what the world is like. This is what happens to the people in it. And... And I, I thought that that was, that that was missing. I thought that that was lacking in this game. I thought that especially marketing this game so heavily as like, yes, we, we do have like an Asian American lead, you know, like we're not going to steer away from the fact that that is uh, the truth of the story. That is the truth of the character at the heart of it. But then it didn't really, to me at least, it didn't feel like it really engaged with that. It didn't really engage with Charlotte um, or how like, she sits in that town um or how others who come from marginalized like paths might sit in that town um so i'm curious how you all feel about it uh man i there's a, what's more troubling to me is not that they don't address it but that when things that when when things do get talked about it feels like they're they're so for example there is I like read I read every time the fucking phone thing pops up I stop and make sure everything's on on red so I read every single fucking post uh, I'm only up this is part of, probably part of why I only got up to episode three um that didn't finish it but still uh <laughs> the there's a post early on like almost your first day there where someone fucking posts I'm sick of people moving into this town. Transplants. And like, you understand, like, I, I, I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, this is like standard ass, like veiled racism happening on this public forum. Um, and you see people push back on that. And I expected that to kind of, you know, over the next couple of episodes, like be touched on again. But then the next time that it would have been touched on, it turns out to be a joke when you get fake arrested, right? by the fucking deputy in the bar. He comes up to you and he like totally serious. Like, you know, I was like, okay, here we fucking go. Like the last game was literally, literally started by altercation with a cop. Like they're going to like address this more explicitly. And then it turns out to be a prank, right? Like it turns out to be a joke that deputy is supposedly really nice. I decided to not talk to him because I ain't about that life. Uh, so <laughs> I don't really also, know. Just, just spoiler alert, like fuck him in general. Oh yeah. Like, that guy can, okay. that yeah. guy can, yeah. that's he great. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm there yet. <laughs> no, I you fear and you can fucking rock. Like get out of here. You're not part of my, t- get out. Done. Oh, not part of the God. group. But so like, it feels almost worse that they had these moments where they could have it 
easily injected and included like Alex um Alex mentions early on some of the anxieties of you know moving to a new place and the specific specifically with regard to her race in this majority white town and like some there's something that sits off with me about allowing that fear to be mostly in Alex's head and not something that actually is lived and like happens to people of color wherever they go especially because like like fucking specifically Colorado god I went I went on a family trip to Yellowstone a few years back uh with my in-laws and um my sister-in-law lives in Boulder uh and we drove from Yosemite to Boulder and every stop in every small town along the way felt harrowing (laughs) like I'm sure there are fine towns out there but there's a large stretch of that area and like even boulder itself like is like this like neoliberal bastion or whatever but it is neoliberal right like they they like think they're uh doing the right things but they're kind of going about it the right the wrong way but along the way there were multiple times where it's like oh like people think of the like the the colorado like crunchy granola like you know, well-meaning white people, like, that doesn't exist everywhere in Colorado, right? Like, there are specific towns where we're stopping by and there's Trump signs up, and, like, this uh, gas station we're stopping by also sells rifles, and I'm like, shit, I don't want to be here. Um, (laughs) And, you know, it's like, it feels like, uh, you know, it feels like a, a a trick was played. They were. It feels like they were saying like, ah, look, we're gonna talk about this. We're gonna talk, and then we, no, we're not gonna talk about this. We're not gonna talk about this. At least in the first three. I don't know. Do they ever get to it in the last two episodes at all? Or, um, I assume that not, given the way that people have reacted though. to the way it, like discusses yeah. race. Not, not, not really part of True Colors, right? Uh, value structure, at least what it wants to <laughs> to emphasize. But uh, Natalie, what 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 did you what do you make of it? This is so complicated to unpack as a woman of color because it's like, especially with this series, like the first season was me being like, okay, I got my narrative as a queer woman. Mm -hmm. Then Life is Strange 2 is like, oh, I get a narrative for being a Latina, but it doesn't, there's... it rarely delves into the intersection of being a woman of color. So I was like, you got to pick and choose, right? right? When you're a woman of color in games so often. And so this time around, I was like, oh, finally, like a queer woman of color. Like, oh my goodness. Like I was dreaming of this and it happened. Um, and so it's, it's really complicated to unpack. Like, for example, I mean, I have never been in an in-game location that I want to live in as much as Haven Springs. Like, the moment that I got there, I was like, this shit is so lit. Like, what the hell? It's so beautiful. <laughs> this, this one block rules. Right. I don't need to be and anywhere making, else than this one block. Right. And we're making all these, you know, where people talk about how amazing Haven Springs is. I mean, the team just released a PR video yesterday highlighting the real-life inspirations for Haven Springs, right? And then it's like, when I... Even not even when I turn off that game, like in the back of my mind, I'm like, damn, though, in real life, Haven Springs would be white, conservative and expensive as hell. So it's not even real. Like, I can't even dream about being here. Um, So it's it's such a complicated thing. And on one hand, I 
I do wish it grappled with it a bit more. Like there's, I think there are inklings and there are mispotentials. So like when right. you, Kato, yeah. you mentioned that cop interaction, like Alex very clearly is like, I've never had to <laughs> deal with a joke like that from a cop before. And it was good VO. Like yeah. it, was, it was a good right. reaction that impl- impl- right. did a lot of character building for her <laughs> that, the, that the game is uninterested in doing as like actual plot. Right. And then at the end, I'm sorry, Kato. Oh, I feel bad. No, no it's okay. Bad. I know this is the producer's It's fine. Patrick, I got the sense that the cop didn't side with you. No, no. That's yeah, because no. he's a fucking coward. He didn't side yeah. with me either. And so Alex is like, and I like that she's in the room to be like, do something. You're a cop. And he's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm a cat. Wait, I'm a cop. Oink, oink. Um, so like, <laughs> I, did li- I did like that you get, you get to call him, calling him an actual coward. Oh, like a- a- Alex's so VO is like so good in this game. Like it is, it is like hard to extract uh, or separate like how I feel about like the game and its story and like what it's trying to do from just like Alex's VO just like completely knocks it out. I mean, I think and the this VO is her really first strong. acting role since high school. That's, ri- that's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I think so the, I think the writing's good, but I think the like her VO just like na- like the way she calls him a coward. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, this is I my mean, canonical Alex. An she does think that guy's a coward. In her voice and a softness that I just love. Um, but yeah, and then we we got to episode five, and like Moises was talking about earlier, um, that part where you explore Alex's childhood apartment for me was really special because like. There are clearly things that only people who are not only people of color, but first generation would know. Um, cause I, I asked, uh, Felice Kwan, the senior narrative, um, on person on the team, um, right after I finished it, I, I just checked in with her to make sure, like, is Alex a first generation? Uh, you know, American, because I felt that connection. She's like, yeah, her mom's from Vietnam and her dad's from China. Um, and she was born in the States. Um, and like, for example, the sewing kit and the cookie tin, that makes absolutely no <laughs> logical sense to someone who is not first generation. Um, but if Wait, you are first generation. Dutch fucking cookie tins, the blue yeah, ones, the metal the red ones. One, the metal ones. Yeah, yeah they're always yeah, metal. Yeah. Yep. And absolutely. it's like, I, I saw that and it's like, that that's someone on that team being like i i know what this is about and i'm gonna put it in there and like that's not something that comes logically to i I can't even explain why why first generation moms put sewing kits and cookie tins i can't explain it but it's (laughs) okay yeah it never made any sense to me either right but it was always there (laughs) yeah and there are things like that in the game so i think there is and you know there is also the subtext that you can make up of like Jad targeted John, Gabe, and Alex, like this, you know, specifically Asian American family. Like he is a white man who is like seen as like the powerful patriarch of this community. And he has that power and is offered a, a tr- an implicit trust that like at the end of the game, you're like, whoa, it's him and whatnot. Um, but it, it, spoilers, it's only, Kato, uh, fuck Jed. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but it's not it's not taken too far. And on one hand, I'm like, of course, Shannon's piece is great and like hits on a lot of things I agree with. At the same time, I'm like, damn, I love walking in here 
being a woman of color <laughs> and just like nobody makes a big deal out of it and I can flirt with the lesbian at the record store I'm not gonna shut up about stuff by the way um and like people are totally okay with it yeah. and like Charlotte runs tell a dispensary. Me why I did, right? like that's yeah. that's kind of what what like don't not does like tell me why I had like yeah you know if we're like Tell me I was like pretty low on like my like of the life Don't of Strangeverse yeah. rankings. Oh, yeah. And then there's yeah. the one that I just didn't play. Uh, the one that came Twin out Mirror. Last. Yeah. It that seems bad. like yeah. It's, I played about an hour of it. It was like it was really bad. Maybe I'll, yeah, I, so I just never got back to it. But but uh, tell me why like it, it imagines a similar universe. And yes. I I can see the appeal of that while also acknowledging like the problems that come with just imagining that specific mm-hmm. universe where um you know, and, and it's because it's like the way they construct it, because everything of license range is frequently cartoonish or exaggerated. The way they, it would be usually handled is like, well, what's the cons- there'd be one character who's the conservative stand in who's like he operate. He probably runs the gun store um, like, well, you know, he would be the, he would be the racist. You know what I mean? And so it would end up being and I'm not saying there are better ways to do this, but like and I think of the framework that life is strange's template usually operates is like. There'd be that one character because it can't be too many of them, or else it's gonna, you know, it's like most people got to be nice. Like there's one one character who's gonna turn, and then one character who can represent some of their viewpoints. It's like it would be the guy running the gun store who would have the conservative opinions that would kind of raise an eye at. He'd be talking about Charlotte's art and being an art critic, but you'd know what the fuck he was saying. Like you could see the character they would devise, <laughs> yeah. and I do think it's lacking that even even just to gesture at it would. I think add some like noted wrinkles right. or even to gesture that the town has struggled with this in the past and that like the community it's built is one that is reflect, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's ways they c- could have done that a little bit better, there's, but at the same time it's, it's also just kind of what it's done in the past. There's, there's like one other example of like an external like fear of it, which was the small bit you get about Steph's ex girlfriend who's trans mm-hmm. And there's like a there's a mm. button on the roof that you can look at that gives you a little bit of that backstory where she decides like Steph decide we know that Steph decides to stay in town like was planning to move away because of Gabe, but her girlfriend at the time was gonna move away like they were gonna move away together and they decide to part ways there and it's like part of that conversation goes uh, I can't stay here I'm like the one trans person in a town of like four people right there's they keep it's this thing where they keep voicing the fears that people of color and people in marginalized identities have to this sort of small town without giving the justifications for those fears. That kind of puts me off more so than like, if they had just left it out completely, I feel like it would have been like, okay, we were in this like fantasy world. That's fine. But that keeps coming up as like a thing people have experienced in other parts of their lives, just not in Haven Springs, you know? So that's part of my, my biggest deal with it so far in this first, in the first three chapters. Um, well, we got a couple of questions and one of them, uh, I believe will address something that Natalie just said, where'd it go? Oh, here we go. This, so this comes in from, uh, Chris. Hi, my question is simple. Uh, can we just talk about Steph in this game for a hot <laughs> second? Uh, thank you, Chris. P.S. These guests are pretty wonderful, aren't they? I was like, I agree. These guests on this podcast are pretty, pretty wonderful. Uh, yeah, Steph is is a delight. Um, yeah. she is like such a wonderful character. It was like, it was like Ryan, Ryan who? Like, like not like not a <laughs> not chance. Even, like, no, <laughs> not for a second. I mean, Life is Strange in general is a is a series that kind of uh, it gives you options, but also like ideologically, philosophically, like 
the writers up tip their hands constantly. And like this game is just like, you're gonna get with Steph. Like <laughs> Ryan's here. It's an option. But it's but, I yeah, mean, did, uh, did anybody it? hear did anybody hear go, Ryan? No, kick him no. off the podcast. I should have vetted that before we <laughs> recorded, but I didn't have to because I know everyone on here is picking Steph. I didn't have to ask the question. <laughs> oh, I'm actually God. kind of curious, uh does anyone know anyone like that did even if just to be like different in their route, like how does it Natalie, out? Yeah, Natalie knows somebody you who, uh, oh. who well, that was Ryan. in your review, right? Like, yeah, I, I believe you mentioned I've it. seen every possible iteration of this game. I'm ready. What's your question? <laughs> I just want, is it satisfying? Okay. So let's okay. Imagine this hypothetical fantasy scenario where someone says, yes, Ryan is more interesting, more attractive than Steph. Sure. Let's, <laughs> let's live in, just like, just like life is strange. We can live in a fantasy land. Um, <laughs> like, where does it go? Is it interesting? Like, is there like anything to it? Like, I'm just like curious where that, cause it's statistically it's borne out that like, it's like a 75, 25 split. Like pretty much everyone's choosing Steph. Um, which I think is both because Steph is a more interesting character and the, and the game is like pressing, <laughs> pressing you in that direction anyway. Um, but clearly some people are picking Ryan and I'm, I'm just curious if you can like, Gives any insight, like what's up with Ryan? Like, is he cool? So the appeal to Ryan is that he is boring. Um, <laughs> people are interested in that, and I mean sure. that really. Sure. I mean that you know he's endearing. Like sure, I will say, yeah. he he's he a seems nice dude. Stable, you know. Yeah, he's like, he's like, like a tree cop. No bird calls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, can, yeah we can go on he's, the hike, and if I hurt myself. He can he can both pick me up and patch me up like that's yeah. I get the I get He's it sweet and especially in this series like we have Life is Strange one Warren no comment <laughs> Life is Strange before the storm gay no comment Life is Strange two we have very Finn who is mm. wonderful but makes you make some very questionable yeah. choices in order to merely kiss him so did I make those choices absolutely no. but I totally get why other people wouldn't right um, and so Ryan's appeal is that he's boring and normal and he does a great job of doing that like there he is a good character but I mean you have stuff and it's like <laughs> and I've even told and, and like okay so shameless plug a fan bite we did a spoiler cast for Life is Strange True Colors um, I'm going to talk about this game as much as I can everywhere I can basically um, <laughs> but one of my friends and co-workers <laughs> he romanced Ryan because he's so gay that he decided to go after the straight man in this game <laughs> um, Ken Shepard I love you so much and I I am so gutted for that man. We went on a trip to Rhode Island and I was like, I am so sorry in person because at the end you have this council meeting where your relationships with everyone is tested. Um, <laughs> my man romanced Ryan, did absolutely everything to hop on that dick and <laughs> Ryan didn't side with him at the end. Whoa, yeah, Ryan no. didn't side with me, me either, Ryan. Ryan's wife I'm out Bye Right Ryan didn't side with me But hey The lesbian that I'm in love with did That's fine But my man Kenneth Was like Madly in love with Ryan Posting I don't know (laughs) how many videos On TikTok And sending me them About him (laughs) As he played Like of course Privated Because like Embargo Um, Uh But like (laughs) And then he doesn't Side with him And 
he he wrote an entire like sort of he wrote a a wonderful piece on the ethics of empathy in life of strange true colors because that's something we've yet to get into um but just the the ethics of using the empathy power he really does a wonderful dissection of that he does manage to squeeze in like a mourning section for his relationship with Ryan <laughs> and he he still defends Ryan um but it's like it's you know there's that complication of like hey Ryan might not you know, side with you at the end, regardless of whether you romance him or not. That's kind of like the biggest hurdle. And that makes him a little more interesting. But that's about it. We're here to talk about Steph. Um, yeah. And I have been very adamant with like everyone that I know involved in the game. I'm like, y'all made this for the gays, though. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, I thought at first it was me being biased and me using my editorial powers and my review to be like, <laughs> stuff seems like the more canon choice. <laughs> um, but like, it's true. Like, I feel like, well, Ryan does express attraction to Alex and both of them do either way, but it feels like, like that scene in episode four where Alex and stuff are performing. Alex looks at, I mean, stuff looks at Alex. Like Alex just like came down from the sky, put the sun and is like, <laughs> Hey, like, I'm Jesus. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like it, it, this game is so explicitly queer and it, it feels like, at least to me, it's undeniable that, you know, may, like you said, maybe it's because stuff is from Before the Storm and they have that fan favorite character. But I really do feel like the game encourages you to go after stuff a lot more. Um, and that that relationship is like, like stuff falls for Alex no matter what, in my opinion. And it's just so, so lovely to see. Like, I, I love that. She just straight up asks you in the second episode, hey, so are you into girls or what? Like, yeah, <laughs> so true. Um, no, well, so I you never You never get any sequences. You know, like when you're in the game, you are, you know, in each episode, usually it's like, hey, you're in the boardwalk area, like go stop at, you know, you know, these different, you know, uh, storefronts and talk to everyone and get your updates before you do the next big thing. Like. You don't get any of that with Ryan. There's never, you know, like never go on a hike with 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 him. I mean, you get, there's that one moment after uh, Gabe dies where, um, you know, you she have that moment where he's mourning. But it's you more exper- about you experience him. the weird glowy power that's never and really I, explained. And I hand shook that man after he poured his heart out to me. <laughs> you shook his hand. I, like, I wanted, I wanted I didn't to even you shook his hand. Yeah. You can have no. Just in case. You never know what these fucking games. A fucking hug yeah. turns into like getting, you know, shoved into the hetero relationship all the time. I just went for the, I went for the fucking handshake too. I was like, I, I'm playing Natalie, it safe. The, the, straight, the straight white norminess will not rub off on you. <laughs> but that's how I feel you never know. like the strange games. Like Warren, if I could have hit that dude, like, like just like kicked him or something, I would have been like, you know, like, Move out of the way, shit. Like, that is how Life of Strange games make me. They make me feral. Like, I am unhinged with Life of Strange games. So, I, and I mean, I feel like this Life of Strange game for me, not only was it more explicitly queer than the first one, so much more, which, like, makes me so happy. And, and I can appreciate it now that I've, thanks to the first Life of Strange, I realize my queer identity and whatnot. But also, it's like, I feel like someone delved into my archive of our own 
profile and they saw all my favorite tags yeah. they were like merch proposal during a dnd go uh ripping up the bus ticket to profess your love strongly go uh like just off the bat flirting go like they put on and all these the, things that are the, my the gay witch dreams outfit, go yeah oh my the, the witch outfit oh, and, and the performance <laughs> and and the rose scene the wig of flower and stuff the rose i mean these were all like like this felt like living out my gay dream <laughs> and and it was it was so wonderful it was so wonderful and stuff is incredible she's such a fantastic character there, there are reasons why she is a fan favorite i'm glad that they brought her back and i'm glad that they just went all out with making it super gay. Like the kiss scene between the two, again, not to be biased, but actually to be entirely biased. <laughs> so much better than the Ryan scene. Oh my goodness. So much more intimate, so much cuter. Stuff Alex supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um excited for the DLC then. Yes, yes. I'm very excited for the, the step focused <laughs> DLC. Um uh all right. I think this question we'll touch on something I wanted to get into, which was that the uh, and I've talked about this with you, Natalie, like about how the supernatural elements of this series, I wonder if they need to stick around or if they are just considered part of the formula. And anyway, we have this question from Scout um, says, hi, Waypoint. Uh, hearing you talk about the Life is Strange games and how they uh, intertwine narrative with their various supernatural mechanics to greater or lesser effect. I wanted to write in about how for me, this incorporation soured the ending of the original game, which I otherwise loved. Spoilers for Life is Strange follow. You're good, Scout. Um <laughs> For me, Max's time travel ability functions clearly as a metaphor for queerness, a strange inner attribute coming out of nowhere, out of her control, mm -hmm. and otherness about her that upturns her life. She's struck with it upon encountering an old friend with whom she begins an intense relationship. In the end, the game reveals that this ability is the ultimate cause of a supernatural doom bearing down on the bay, and Max must give up the, both the ability and Chloe to save it, which results in a narrative about queerness I cannot accept. Quote, uh, quote, that everything would be better if this one thing about her was plucked out completely. Structurally, it works. Time travel governs the story, the whys and hows of it fit mechanically, but the symbolic weight of it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Close relationships between narrative mechanics can make stories hold together better, but they also attach more importance to the meaning of that uh, mechanic. Um, which I thought was an interesting read on the game and how the supernatural functions both as metaphor and as a mechanic. But, um, well, one, before we get away just from the first game, like Natalie, I'm curious what you take because uh, we've had a lot of conversations about that ending, and we alluded to it earlier. I don't know what do you what, what do you what do you make of of Scout's take on how that that intertwines with the narrative? Ah, oh, that's such an interesting take. Um, I feel like the Life is Strange remaster is coming up. There's like an entire thing to be said about the first Life is Strange still, um, and I know that we've talked about. The ways in which that ending sort of feels present, like the effects of that ending feel present in this one for True Colors. Um, I mean, in terms of the, the take, and I think it's really interesting. I think in terms of discussing the endings, I think True Colors replicates a lot of the myriad issues that I have with the first game's endings. Um, and I guess we can talk about. Do you want to talk about that now? Yeah, you... let's just. Yeah, let's just. Let's just go. Well, like, okay. I okay. Cracks. Okay. Raise. Raise. Uh, Wakato. Uh, you can just. You, you can participate in this. Well, you can't raise your hand. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can. You can tell me. Uh, uh, raise your hand if you if you stayed in Haven Springs. I did both. So, okay. um, What's your? Do you have you picked a cannon? 
I, because I mentioned in my review, this is like the one choice in a game that I'm not certain about, and that depends entirely like on my playthrough. Because I've Mm -hmm. I've watched people play, I'm like, Jesus, like why would you stay in Haven Springs? You know, like Mm -hmm. just get get out and go like marry stuff on the road. Um, (laughs) But for me, it's the cop didn't side with me and Ducky didn't side with me. I don't care about them. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine. Like I'm fine staying in Haven Springs, right. but I did originally choose to go with stuff, but like, I, I love both. So like, I don't, I can't really choose. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I left too. I I had uh Ducky and, uh, and Ryan, um, they, they went against me in the confrontation moment. And I don't know. I just felt like, she didn't owe this town anything. It gave her something, but it was kind of mere coincidence that that her father ended up here. She ended up here because of Gabe looking for her father. I feel like it's an important detail. I feel like some pe- it's easy to miss. I wish the game forwarded it more of like, why did Gabe? Because I, I was thinking about that as the ending was playing out. I was like, boy, this is like a really strange coincidence that uh, That's, the entire yeah. Chen family ended up here. And then I Googled like some variation of that question and some someone had an article on a website that was like why why did Gabe come to Haven Springs like to search it's, for father. to search for her father mm-hmm. and it's like that's that's it's in there but it's a small detail in the game and it's never said out loud as far as I uh I can recall and I wish that would mm-hmm. be cuz it it helps make the the ending of the game not feel so coincidental but uh I don't know like yeah I got to the end and was like I think like what Haven Springs proved for Alex was you can find you can make a home where you want to and that the, the experiences here were important but you can go find that home somewhere else and the people here who did stand with you will still be in your life and you can come back to Haven Springs and maybe even move here but maybe that's a choice you make later when it's not so tied up to the experiences of I don't know how long does this game take place over the course of like three weeks um yeah, it's a really intense um, couple of weeks um yeah, I mean, Moises, I'm really interested in hearing your take on this because for me, I absolutely agree. Like that, those were all my thoughts as I decided to leave Haven Springs as my first choice. Um, but first of all, okay, that, that montage is just Ugh. expertly done. It is really pushing, I mean, I, pushing the dial. Like, why wouldn't <sighs> you, why the fuck wouldn't you want to stay here? This is going to be a beautiful. I, like, yes. and then I guess it depends on whether you interpret that as uh, an epilogue or if it's uh, a fantasy of what what could be. Um, right. Um, there are different components to it. Uh, I guess I'll start with like for me, I, I think Life is Strange is really good at giving room for your emotional projections. And at least for me, there was enough in the fifth episode. I know that we just talked about like how it could deal with race a little more explicitly. Um, but for me as a first gen American, I felt that there was enough context in that fifth episode that resonated with me that when Gabe says the line, you don't question it, you don't doubt it or wonder what might have been. It's your life, the life you fought so hard to have. And for the first time in a long time, you just live. Um, and then the other line where he talks about, Alex being transformed by Haven as much as she has transformed it. I think those lines really spoke to me, specific, like, like I was like sobbing. Um, they spoke to me because like so much of the first gen American experience is just to want to have a normal quote unquote life. Like 
I, like I mentioned this on the Fanbyte podcast, but like I know that I overwork myself. I am my family's breadwinner. I provide for us because like I feel that as a first gen American, if I don't do everything in my power to try to have a normal life someday, the life that is afforded to so many other people who are not first generation, um, that I won't get to have that. Um, and, and for me, I really connected with Alex fighting so hard and going through so much just to have an ordinary life. And ultimately, I, I wanted her to have this. I wanted her to just live. Um, that feels like such a difficult thing to aspire to when you're first generation, when you're queer, when you're a woman of color, um, and that she has the opportunity to have that to me was really moving and special since it's ultimately what I dream of having. Um, that being said, the other aspect of this that I would like to go into is the fact that, like you said, Patrick and I have talked about the the first ending. He's talked about how like you went to you saved Arcadia Bay, but you know that saving Chloe is canon because you're an intellectual. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I can I can, and- I can play I can play both sides. I can I can <laughs> I could say I'm sorry. Oh I couldn't kill the entire town, but the ta- the the one where. She survives and they're together and the town is destroyed is canon. I just it's, just like is. I was emotionally manipulated by the game to pick that choice. But in my heart of hearts, if there was ever a sequel, that town is fucking dust. That town is still, I took literally two seconds. I was live streaming, streaming <laughs> into friends. And I I had so desperately hoped the game wasn't going in that direction. Yep, it was I, a real bummer. I hated it. Um, and then when the choice popped up, I, I remember very starkly that I go, like I blow air out of my nose and then I just pick <laughs> destroy Arcadia Bay. <laughs> like I said, life is strange. It makes me a menace. Um, but there's so much to be said for the way that first game emotionally manipulates you into really picking that choice to sacrifice Chloe. Like it does a whole montage. It's an extended ending. And it's like, they were very adamant about saying, Hey, you know, both choices are canon. Both are okay. It depends on your playthrough. Um, but it's like, if you give that much more material to one ending over the other, people are going to run with the idea that one is canon over the other. And I am, I think Life is Strange 2, the way that that game incorporates its choices into its endings, absolutely exquisite. I got the worst ending in the entire game and I wasn't even angry about it. Um, Like that game. Which one's the worst? The one Sean dies and like... And Daniel goes to Mexico alone yeah. and like he's oh. he, he's followed by gang members all the time and he has to like use his powers to like fend them off. It was the worst Holy ending and I thought I was shit. making the best choices throughout the oh entire game. That game, the way that it incorporates its choices, there is no game that comes close to it. Um, and so I am... To I am clear, disappointed. Most of the endings fucking suck, but in the right way, right? Like, yeah. In the right way. I think they... They split. They weren't together. They were split. They both of them survive. But I think Sean ended up in Mexico, and I, I forget where. Um, yeah, there's one that's that's that that Daniel stays with um, Karen's parents. I think that's where um, mine ended up. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite one. There's also the one where Sean goes to prison for yeah. several years, yep. and Ooh. he comes out. And that's it's, the one oh, I got. <laughs> 
Damn. That one's so powerful. Those endings that are really That one fucking really killed good. me. Just like, well, I, yeah. I, pr- I prefer, Kills. I don't, I, 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 I would like, if one, if we're talking about the ways that would change the future, I would like for them to get away from like this big choice at the end that determines a lot of the outcome as a culmination of your choices as a binary, because like, yeah. I'd much prefer the game just interprets that for you. And it's like, hey, you've made a bunch of choices up to this point. Some felt big, some felt small. And then- as a result of those, here's how we've assembled your ending. Because then also it allows you're, you're you're frequently going to choose whatever you think is like the con- the canonically good ending. Um, I think you get like a which just says people were like pressed to to choose that. It's often why you do like a Mass Effect. You're going to do the good stuff, and then oh my second playthrough, I'm going to be an asshole and like see how how it goes differently. Like we're just kind of engineered that way. And if you if you strip that away from the player and just say, hey, you made these smaller stake choices. And now this is the consequences of those actions and it's just out of yeah. your control. I think that's a better way of paying off that like, stuff because it allows it allows all three of us to have kind of crummy endings that also feel like, damn, yeah, I guess that's just that's just the way it went. Um, and that that feels canon. Yeah. Like Life is Strange 2 doesn't feel like it has a canonical ending. And that's like one of the strongest parts of it. Um, whereas like this, like I think especially with one. Uh, you can feel like, hey, yes, there is the option where you don't like destroy this town, but come on, which like, is the canonical ending. Yeah, the one where so you destroyed true. the town. And mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. feel Arcadia like Arcadia Bay was a crater in Life is Strange too. When I saw it from that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, oh, oh, so that's the th- so that's the thing. Like to to, to to full circle on it is that I I made good on it by when I played Life is Strange 2 you can choose to pick like hey what was your ending yeah. for Life is Strange 1 yeah. and I said well it's the canon ending of course <laughs> um, because my saves I was playing on a different platform so my saves didn't come over so it didn't pull that it didn't pull that from me it was like I can fix this I can I can do I can do a time travel mechanic and I can say yeah. actually they stayed together uh, and Arcadia Bay was struck because they have that you know that brief scene um, in 2 where they like you know you see Arcadia Bay as they're, they're yeah. driving around yeah, um, yeah. And I just feel like Life is Strange 2 handles that so expertly well. And so I was a little disappointed to see that it seems like the lessons learned weren't incorporated here. Um, here it's, it's a little less egregious because if you choose to leave Haven Springs, you, you do get a playable section of the game. And that is doing a lot of heavy lifting. Um, by playable, you just get to go on your phone and see stuff, be like, fucking that, babe. And then you get to see my block or any messages that you have, which like aren't, there aren't any, I think. Um, but, but it, it, it does mitigate it a little bit, but not quite enough where I'm like, Okay, this is equal in weight to the incredibly poetic montage that Gabe just <laughs> told me and the narration of staying in Haven Springs. And I get that it ties into the fact that he's like, the only promise is the adventure, like the point of leaving Haven Springs that you don't know what's going to happen. But also, I would have liked a montage to like of Gabe just because it's not really game so it's like right. it's Imagine Alex some of projecting it. Right. what exactly. might be possible like seeing stuff and Alex in a tour bus or something like I would have loved to see those scenes um and also Kate doesn't know what the fuck's gonna happen in Haven Springs like <laughs> you know like what well, is like yeah. the, the, the game ends with you know a giant uh ethical uh and criminal black eye on you know this mining company the implication of like all of Haven Springs is like this mining town has been 
completely subsidized. Like its economic success is only because of this mining company. And if they were to pull out because of like the results of like the, the events of true colors, like I don't know that Haven Springs is going to be all that appealing of a place to live in 10 years. If they're not getting propped up, you know, like the art festival, all of that is completely funded by, by that place. And maybe they get a big settlement from, you know, or something like that. But I don't know. Like I, that was also influencing my decision. I was like, I don't, I don't think the housing market's going to be very good here in a couple of years. Um, so I think we, I think we need to get out um, before it gets bad. But uh, Moises, where, where did where did you end up on on the ending? Um, I ended up leaving, uh, just like it seems like the, the like like we all did. Um, to kind of uh, piggyback off of what Natalie was initially saying about how people from marginalized like walks of life. Um, tend to want like some kind of normalcy. I think that there are obviously conditions that make life really difficult for, for anybody like in that path. And so it made, it made, and it has always like even personally made places like Haven Springs really stand out as where I would like to be. You know, like for a long time, like all I ever wanted, um, because I'm I'm from New York. I I live in apartment buildings. I live in very small apartment buildings, typically, um, or small apartments in large apartment buildings. Um, like I I I went I went to Boulder and like I I I loved it. Like I didn't explore every nook and cranny of it, but it was such a there there was such a different like quality like just in the in the air um that it's 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 all the kinds of things that i feel like you strive for for a long time and so when you when i arrived at like that last choice it was like yeah no i i I do want normalcy and i think that alex would want normalcy especially after everything alex has been through even just before the events of this game uh but especially after the events of the game she deserves normalcy but also, you know, isn't that settling? Like, don't we actually deserve more mm-hmm. than just normalcy? Like, normalcy is the is the compromise, I think. And maybe this is just the fact that I'm also taking an American Dreams class <laughs> in my school right now. So I'm actively discussing this in papers and shit. But like... The American dream, I think, for like a lot of POCs, especially, is is like a compromise. You know, it is we will yeah. we will take what we can get because yeah. the conditions under which we live have made it so inhospitable to want anything more than that. But we fucking deserve more than that. Like we absolutely deserve the chance to make a life of our own. Um, and we like even if normal sounds good, like. No, I want to I want to make my own path in life even if it's even if it's a fuck up. You know, even if Alex like goes out and performs and has Steph as her roadie and like they crash and burn or whatever, like at least that's the path that Alex has chosen to, to like like she has elected to go down because everything up until now has been like chosen for her. You know, like her her family like fell apart and she couldn't control that. And so she was given over to like the foster system. You know, she was separated from her brother, but then was drawn to Haven Springs because of her brother, 
who had gone there trying to find like their dad, but then like sculpted a life for himself, Mm -hmm. which is a life that she then inherits, you know, like down to the, down to the point where like, and this is another thing that I was a little uncomfortable with, like Gabe leaves, uh, Gabe doesn't leave, Gabe, Gabe dies. Um, He doesn't just leave (laughs) Haven Springs. (laughs) He doesn't just hop on a bus. He's still in our hearts. He's taking a gap year. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Gabe lives on in our hearts. He has left the mortal realm to join us in the life is strange spirit realm in our, in our hearts. Exactly. Exactly. But, but Gabe, Gabe, Gabe passes and then Alex even inherits like, not just like his apartment, but like almost his relationships. Like she fills the exact same gap, not for everybody, but especially for like the 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 two romances, right? Like Ryan and and Steph are his best friends in town, and over the course of the game, she be, like they become like best friends. Of course, it's all because like they're mutually mourning and like trying to get to the bottom of what's going on with Gabe, but also like in a way that was a little uncomfortable for me, like she just kind of becomes a substitute for him um, as like they not vent, but like feel out life after Gabe. And so, yeah, she deserved more. Um, I think we all deserve more. And so I, I, you know, I set her on a trailblazing path. Um, Godspeed to her. Um, I hope that she and Steph stay forever, like stay together forever. They're adorable. I love them with all my heart. Um, the one romance, the one romance in all of Life is Strange that I was actually like entirely behind. Um, mm. Because like there are there are like aspects to all of them that like are imperfect. Um, but but Steph felt like actually the romance that most fit the character um out of out of any of the entries and out of any of the options in this game so so as much as like haven springs is like a literal haven um too much baggage there her life has been riddled with baggage y'all have mentioned that uh what's his name jed jed or jeb jed Mm -hmm. jed 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 ends up J.K. Simmons as a as a bartender. You put Mark Jefferson on you. Uh, does that mean that you're not getting free rent anymore? <sighs> I feel like you guys feel like dead over a barrel by the I've, end of the game. Uh, but um, I feel like the free rent thing makes a very compelling argument for staying in Haven yeah. Springs. But if that's off the table, I can understand leaving. Right? Because well, so much the, about off the table. So much about the compromises there, we make as first generation people are about this like finding the ways that you can even survive in the world, right? Like without the institutional, like generational wealth that other people have been able to build up. Like I don't get help from my parents. I help my, I help my parents. Right. Uh, Like, and so any scrap of like, Oh shit. Yeah. Maybe this place sucks. And like the people around me are secretly racist, but I want to stay here because I have free rent. Free rent. (laughs) Like (laughs) like that makes such a huge, difference when you're surviving completely like really truly like you're surviving without a safety net of familial wealth even if it's not like your family's wealthy but a lot of people have you know like parents that they can that can take care of them should they need to it's like my parents can't take care of me they're taking care of my brothers like they're taking care of my other siblings who are younger than me and often don't make enough to even do that and that is so often the story of 
first generation, you know, people who like the first I was the first person in my family to go to college, you know, like the, the same every single time that that's come up. It's like we I'm still in I'm in debt. I just I decided to get in debt because I, I thought it would put me far enough ahead. I got a fucking art degree, which was a mistake, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it ended up being all right. You know, uh, you but ended so up like, here. yeah, you know, your I, art led you to waypoint. I, I'm not obviously I haven't actually hit the last chapter, but yeah, I, I was wondering whether or not the that idea of like, well, how much of this is like you can survive here is the reason you would you might pick mm. Haven Springs. Uh, completely <laughs> hand waved away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's the, the only the only economic question that's even like brought up uh, is like there's a you know towards the end as you're entering like the the epilogue phase of the story you know and you expose the the mining company as complicit um right in a bunch of atrocities there's like a a lawyer who's like hey call me let's go fuck these guys up and <laughs> she has a she has an unfortunate line that i wish you could have they could have given you an option on rather than it just being um scripted as default and she goes like you know what i kind of just want to move on and like because my alex chan would have been like well i'm gonna move on for a week yeah, we'll give me a fun. second. Give me a minute. Best but way to we'll be but I can take him down. I got, stability. <laughs> but I got because I, I got to catch this bus. My girlfriend having kissed her in a couple hours. I got to got to go take care of that. Well, I'm gonna take this card and it's gonna go in my guitar case. Yeah, and I'm gonna go get a million dollar settlement from this mining right. company. <laughs> one of the only one of the only reasons that I early on picked. So Charlotte has that option, right, to take the hush money or not. And one of the mm-hmm. only reasons yeah. I felt okay telling her not to take the hush money was because she's got like a thriving business, right? She sells weed. She's going to be good, right. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I would have been like, yeah, just take the money. You have to, you need, you have a son. You need to like make money. But you're, you're, you're okay. You're good. You're fine. Fucking no. Fuck them. Fuck that company. <laughs> Ultimately, I think it ties into why. I, I do like if I had to pick between the two, I I would leave Haven Springs because ultimately, it's not really a like a great choice. Like uh, the more that I've thought about it, because it's like you either stay in Haven Springs or you leave, but you can always come back. Like sure. if rent, if like housing <laughs> prices go down, or like you save up <laughs> enough money, out and, and, the, and, and the housing yeah. market crashes, right. come back. You get the like, settlement money, you come back. You're a kingmaker when you right. when you return. Exactly. You be- <laughs> so it's like I can do both. I can leave for for maybe a year. You can or two. buy the racists out of their property. <laughs> right. and like just that's a real fantasy here. Yeah, like, yeah. I Chloe and Max can move in, and this will just be. Like the life yes. is strange town. Yes, uh, I mean those benches are like traveling, as we know. Yeah. Life is strange. We're gonna yeah. break they Sean are. out of prison, um, like using our powers. Uh, Sean can visit from Mexico, or like after he gets out of prison, whichever yeah. one. <laughs> that he does. But yeah, but like that is ultimately what I come back to at the end of the day. I'm like, like you said, Moises, like. We can't limit Alex either. Like, it feels like staying in Haven Springs. Like, she's not going to do that forever, probably realistically, at least as someone from a small town. I don't want to stay here forever. And I haven't managed to stay here forever. I left for a couple of years to go to university in Georgia, and then I came back. Um, But it's like, if you limit her from leaving, that's, that's like a permanent thing. Meanwhile, if you just... 
Yeah, I mean, to to me, it feels like it, it also limits Alex. So it's, I, I love the choice. I don't know if it's a good choice in the end. It's not like the stakes aren't anywhere near as high as like destroy town for girlfriends <laughs> or kill off girlfriends for town or like God. use telekinetic powers <laughs> to like break through the cops lining the wall and then you know like maybe your family goes to prison or like you never see your brother again because he's in Mexico and you're stuck in the like the stakes aren't anywhere near as high and you could realistically do both you you can go off and do the band thing and then just come back to haven alex like it's fine so mm-hmm. um we hit a lot of the things that i mean I, I could come up with other topics to take us for another hour i'm attempting to be semi uh responsible uh, with this but is there like any any closing thoughts like natalie have you th- have you thought about what is life is strange four to you have you already sketched out your fanfic of like where you want like this series to go maybe like where it goes from here i know we touched on a little bit earlier but uh, maybe that's a, a good place to leave it like what, what are you looking for from either the future of this series or this style of game if we get another one from from don't nod that goes in a different direction um just as long as it like when i when I was interning at Paste and I was covering Life is Strange 2 as the episodes came out, that was like my main beat. Um, I did an interview with Christian Devine, who was the lead writer for Life is Strange 1 and 2. And a lot of that conversation centered around how empathy is the DNA of Life is Strange. And we have that a little more explicitly here in terms of like, she literally has empath powers, um, which we did get into like the ways in which that power fails ah yeah uh, so many thoughts but um yeah like to me just the core of life is strange is is empathy and like a continuous dedication to telling the different stories that people who don't get as much empathy in the mainstream video game space are afforded like telling those stories focusing on those people um and pinning them as human beings so i mean the the life is strange stan conundrum is especially with this one where we got all the episodes released at once it's like i want to see more of alex and stuff and i'm getting the dlc so fine that's something better than nothing but also the anthological nature of a series but also i don't want to say goodbye to these characters so i mean i don't want to say goodbye to alex and stuff i doubt we'll see them again after the dlc um in the meantime i guess i haven't really thought about like i'm in so deep that i trust whatever they're gonna do yeah yeah uh and right now i just like i'm not a good sleeper so i'll wake up several times throughout the night so like i'll check my phone check the ao3 tag for chen rich be like okay no new updates then i'll go back to sleep then i'll wake up and i'll be, i'll check on like oh a new fanfic and then I'll, I'll put it on my reading list and i'll go back to sleep for when i'm awake so right now that is my hot space i'm just stuff alex life is strange true colors like i know that game in and out and i i don't want to leave it and the dlc is coming out on the 30th so that's nice for me mm-hmm. um but oh that's sooner than i thought oh geez yeah, yeah. it's real yeah. soon have an interview going up with some of the devs next week um but yeah it's like 
I, I, I don't know. I do hope we get a Life is Strange again very soon because I don't think I can go... Like, it, technically, it's been maybe two years since Life is Strange 2, like two to three years. It's felt like so much longer. So I don't want yeah. that. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that Don't Nod has has something to fill the gap, you know, next year uh, while we wait to see what Tech Nine gets up to next. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I uh, uh you know I had some fears when I saw Life is Strange two announced and that came right next to the Adventures of Captain Spirit. It was like, oh, like is the thing here? We're just gonna checklist like a different like marginalized <laughs> group and make a game out of it. I was like, yeah. that seems really dicey like that it's, it's, that's i don't know that that's a formula that you want on the whiteboard of like here's the next five years like which group do we want to write a story about um and i don't think it's as simple as that um no. uh so i think my fears there were uh i think legitimate but like have been uh unfounded by the own legitimacy of the storytelling they've done in the games and that if if it's if it's if you take the less cynical tact of it's not a checklist of marginalized identities and groups, it's telling stories that aren't told and using this format in which the audience is prepared and excited for them. Um, yep. That's like yep. that's the opt- you know like the oh, the really optimistic reading of how they make these games. Like then I'm just yeah I, I you know I, I think we probably could drop the supernatural shtick. I, I I would be okay with that going away and just like telling these stories. Um, in an even more grounded reality. But if the supernatural part is like required for the marketing, cause it makes for splashy trailers. I, I, I get think it. it is. Um, yeah. I think it is. I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, the whole but strange I, part of life is strange. That's true. I guess that is the, yeah. the, the strange. It, like as long as they don't, they can keep doing it. Just don't give me a mythology. Like I don't need an explanation. I don't need to suddenly <laughs> like have a, that said, if there was like a cliffhanger cutscene where it's like all of a sudden, like a, there's a, a mind meld between like, you know, Chloe and like, and, uh, you know, and, and Alex, like, and there's some sort of crossover game. I don't think they should do that. Life is strange. Life is Avengers. Yes. Life is, life is strangest. And that is is an Avengers team up between, um, I don't think they should do that. A series of video games. Exactly. It's like Anyone the Avengers, but entirely queer. <laughs> Which is Sense Eight. Yeah, it is Sense Eight, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 We need that in video games, honestly. So, yeah. <laughs> I would just, be all for it. You know it. what? Just, just throw the the Wachowskis. At yeah, all our yeah, trains. absolutely. That's, sure. that's the idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, they claim they're making the the so curious the TV adaptation. They're doing it like a series adaptation of Life is Strange, which I have to imagine will be an adaptation of the first game, right. given that the, it's the most popular. Uh, mm you know, pairing of characters. I, boy, I don't know how to feel about that. I do know that I will probably be starting a uh, week by week episode, po- episodic podcast with Natalie about the, the TV <laughs> series because th- that will be the most oh like stressed. I've been, like, Mendes I don't, as a producer. We I, just, I don't, I, oh, I don't know. I just don't know what that's going to be. I, I almost take solace in the fact that most of that stuff doesn't end up happening. And so it's probably just best that they right. don't make one. Um, but if they're there, I'll be there to be, overly critical um and stressed out um oh because we're so critical about life is strange i feel like i, I feel like i, I and but that's for the tv show out. we can make an exception right. i think so like we can make up for all the lost ground on the games by <laughs> yeah, um no, totally. by doing with the tv series Excellent. but um i think that's going to bring us to the end of this wonderful uh podcast um Moises, Natalie, where where can people find you like what, what stuff have you written recently i know Moises, you were just on but like and uh, Natalie, what have you been writing lately? What are you excited about, proud of? Like, this is your time to let know people 
where you're at and what you've done recently. Uh, Moises, do you want to go first? Oh, no. you. I, I oh. went last time, so you can go. Oh, okay. Um, so I am the feature contributor at Fanby. Uh, that is like a nebulous title to say that I basically... Um, I moved away from news writing very recently, so I'm more working with freelancers, editing pieces. Um, so if you pitch fan by, I will probably see your piece. Um, but I do occasionally write. Um, I wrote the Life is Strange True Colors review for the site. Uh, right now I'm playing Tales of Arise, which I know Austin mentioned is mm-hmm. pretty good. It, it's, it's ridiculously good. I'm surprised. <laughs> um, really good JRPG. Um, don't know if I'll write on it. I'm, like writing is is a tiring thing sometimes mm-hmm. I um agree. editing is fine um <laughs> so i i do that i've i've done some pr work some community work uh recently i just uh did a consult like my first consultation project on an upcoming triple a game so that was a cool experience nice. as well um so i do kind of a little bit of everything and like nothing at the same time yeah like i don't have like a full-time position right now that i'm like this is my identity um besides like crying about life is strange or (laughs) (laughs) Um, which you can find me doing over at hardy misa that's heart i am acia on twitter cool voices what about you um i am a freelance writer you can see me in various places depending on where i get picked up <laughs> um uh Hire i'm Moises I'm, to uh, write words for you yeah i i was i was gonna say um i wonder i wonder if you've uh seen seen my pitch since you uh since you edit things at fanbyte because i might have a thing coming at fanbyte pretty <gasps> soon um and 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 Kato, you can cut this if I can't say it, but I should have uh, something up at Waypoint potentially. Yeah, no, you can say that. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're aren't you uh, reviewing Unsighted for us, right? Yeah, I'm reviewing Unsighted for you guys. Very excited so, for that game. Nice. I just yeah. I just started playing yeah. it myself, um, and I'm I'm super stoked to see what uh what you make of it. Yeah. Um. So so you can catch me in places. Um. You know, right now I'm really mostly at Paste where. Me and uh, Natalie both did our internships. Um, yeah, yeah. shout-outs to Garrett. Shout-outs to Garrett. He's a great guy. Great He's editor. Great. Love him. Mm-hmm. Um, and otherwise, you can uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Platano Ranger. That's P-L-A-T-A-N-O Ranger. Um, yeah, and that's that's me. Kato, what, what, are you, what are you proud of that you've worked on lately? You know, like, what's that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh don't laugh what if you what are you what are you working on tell us kato editing my editing, voice that's, yeah I, that, editing, I can't be proud editing, of that I, that's not look, that's not a don't put that on the resume yeah, yours is the easiest track actually <laughs> i appreciate everything you've done to make your uh audio very clean i i now i kato would be uh, happy to know like i've adjusted like i have put something underneath oh thank you the the, the I, I I got a new desk and the uh the arm thing for my microphone doesn't fit and I tried to buy bigger ones and the bigger ones that did fit got in the way of my TV so I got a desk one and as soon as I said that like Picado was immediately irritated he's like oh <laughs> desk ones people tap their desk and it makes noises you don't even know that you're tapping rec- your desk you 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 like the, go to put your hand down to like type right. something and then it's like it shows up on the track you don't you never know until it happens and then it it's all over the place. 
I hate and the it. first I one, he like he gave me like a like an A plus. I was like really thoughtful about like what I was doing with my hands and like muted my mic. And then you and the second one, <laughs> I got like a C, I got like a C C minus. It was like, hey, you know, uh, uh, that's the could thing. You, yeah. Could you put something under the mic? Could you? And I was like, okay, so I put something under the mic. And I'm like, also like now I'm like super thoughtful with my hands while I'm recording. I like put my hands <laughs> off the desk. They're on. They're on uh, my uh, my pants while I'm talking. And so I think I should be. It should be pretty clean. I appreciate this time, that. Kato, Thank so. you. Thank you. Um, and then where where are you on Twitter? I tweeted some bull. I'm proud of my bullshit tweets at a mm-hmm. underscore Cato underscore appears. Uh, you can follow me at Patrick Klupik. Um You can send questions to gamingadvice.com with the subject question. Um, I don't have access to that email. I need to fix that now because Rob. I don't have access is either. Is Rob the only days. one with access right now? Well, Austin is, so technically right. I guess I could ask, hey, Austin, could you pick some questions for the hey. question bucket to, for the uh, podcast that you're not on anymore? Um, but I'm going to fix that today, hopefully. But there's still a possibility. I guess I'll have till next Thursday, right? Because this podcast is taken care of. Yeah, this so is Monday next Thursday or Tuesday, access. rather. Um, God, what yes. day is it? Um, it's Friday today. It's fr- well, this will go up on Tuesday. So that's where we're trying to f- yeah. figure out the schedule. Um, you can come with the site. Uh, as it updates by going to waypoint.vice.com. Um, you can follow us on social media at Waypoint on Twitter, um, Waypoint Vice uh, on uh, Facebook and YouTube. Um, oh no, I need to delete Austin underscore. Does, uh, does Bazinga.zone still work? Probably, right? Because uh, that's Kato, the one that I used to on use, that. actually. <laughs> Do we know if Bazinga.zone? Bazinga. Uh, waypoint Waypoint.gay definitely still works. Um, Hell yeah. But that doesn't forward you to the website that tells you what the, uh, ep- the number is on the latest episode in Damn. case we forget. Someone stole Bazinga.zone. <laughs> oh, it's gone now? It's no. gone. It leads to a 3D printer in uh, Germany, I think. Yeah. What a nightmare. <laughs> they stole Bazinga.zone from us. Damn. Oh, you're saying so? Good riddance. Jo- domain they allow- allowed to lapse because we haven't mentioned it in years? Yeah. Um, I feel like I can't hold that against them. Um, our theme music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. You can learn more at Waypoint. Oh, yeah. Okay. You said Bazinga. I was like, but Waypoint.zone slash Bowen, that must still work, right? Now you're making me oh, stress over all these. Okay. <laughs> what if we reported people slash to Bowen? Yeah, I'm looking that up right now. Okay. Yes. It still leads to Bowen's band camp. <laughs> um,. Uh, Rob is off for a couple of days, but we'll have we'll have some streams. We'll have some some podcasts. The uh, the the Waypoint Plus podcast this week um, is a discussion of uh, uh, Michael Mann's The Keep with uh, Next Landers Alex Navarro um, and Waypoint contributor Dilacina. Um And we will, if you want to support all that, support us doing spoiler cast, support us doing streams. You can go to WaypointPlus.com and subscribe over there. And now you get the newsletters that I write. Um, twice a week so that's gonna do it for this episode thanks to everyone for listening fuck capitalism go home
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right. Well, uh, all right. So if everyone wants to start their uh, local recordings. Um, and then we, uh, Moises, you already know this. We go to time.is, the website, um, which has a giant clock. And How many we'll claps do y'all do? Ooh, interesting. All right. So th- th- this is coming up multiple <laughs> times. More. This is the <laughs> kind of, I feel like people are uh, clap shaming us for uh, <laughs> the fact that we only do a single clap. Or this kind of just yeah. that good. You know what? Honestly, only needs this. Only needs single, single clap, clap is yeah. good. I don't. Here, here's the secret. Cap. Uh, we don't need any claps. The way that I. The, unless if I'm not on a call, we do. But whenever I'm here, we never need a clap. What, no, you just like in, you just internalize the the the, the no, sink of I'm, the I'm you're recording like getting into an Ava. I'm recording the backup of the entire call. Everyone's voices is on one track that I can sync to. I can just sync the waveforms. Oh. If I'm ever not there, a clap is very important because I don't have that right. backup to sync <laughs> you to. You don't have the backup. Fascinating. <laughs> I didn't understand. I didn't. Look, hey, look, I've been doing this for years, Kato. I'm learning things every day. Which is still one clap just in case. You never know. Is- one of our producers is so meticulous, so he'll be like, okay, we're going to start clapping in like 20 seconds, and we're going to do 5, 10, and 15. And I'm like, oh my god, I don't know math. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, all right, Kato, you're good on the backup? Yeah, all running. Um, uh, well, even though you only have done three it's, and a half, you can, you can yeah. still, you should still be a, a full, a full cast member for, for this one. <laughs> um. All right, is uh, everyone at time.is? I am. Okay, all right, we will do, how about uh, five seconds after the minute? So, five seconds. Lippity clap. 